Hi, this is Joel Watson from HiJinksAndSue.com. You're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Godspeed, you fancy bastards. I was just shoved out, Steve. Uh, this next person, and I both know a thing or two about space, exploration at least, um, he's a wonderful person. He would be my first pick if I were ever on an island that was sinking and full of treasure that I had to rescue really quickly. He's a wonderful person and a dear friend of mine, Mr. Will Wheaton. That moment when you're introduced by your friend who landed a spaceship on another planet and stuck the landing, coming after the moment where you were introduced by Strong Bad. And honestly, what I really want to do is not be in the show at all and just sit out there and enjoy it. But having been introduced by two, uh, well, a cartoon character and a scientist who I respect, uh, I will now endeavor to live up to uh, the introductions by telling you some stories, all of which are true. A couple of years ago, uh, my wife and I put a bunch of sod down in our front yard. Before I get into the rest of the story, I should tell you that if there are younger people or those with sensitive ears or people who would be offended by the phrase come slick Zamboni, now would be a very good time to take a roughly 24, and, 24 minute and four second uh, bathroom break. You're welcome. So we put a bunch of sod down in our front yard uh, as one does in Southern California and uh, stood back and looked at the beautiful lawn that we had bought and uh, went to bed and got up the next morning and the sod in my yard was rolled back all over the place as if aliens or children or some other form of asshole had come around <laughs> to roll back the sod. So uh, I rolled the sod all back out, put it back nice and flat, made it look really good, tamped it down, stood out there with my hose, realized I should not have done all of this in just my boxers. But fuck it, I'm a suburban dad, you guys. That's how it goes. So uh, I uh, uh, waved to my neighbors and went back inside. Came out the next morning, same thing. Just rolled back up everywhere. And this is important because the roots in the sod need to grow into the dirt so that it becomes a lawn instead of a bunch of patchwork pieces of, of uh, sod grass. Uh, so I wasn't quite sure what to do. So I went and asked my neighbors, you know, what do you do? What, what is going on and what do you do? when they, they said, it's probably skunks. And the skunks roll up the sod to eat grubs that are in the dirt. And I'm like, are you sure it's skunks and not hobos? Because that sounds like hobo activity to me. Um, they were pretty sure it wasn't hobos. Uh, but they said, one of my neighbors said, yeah, look, this is what you do. You go to the Smart and Final and you buy a jug of uh, red pepper flakes, like the ones that you put on pizza. And, uh, and you sprinkle them all around the edge of the lawn and they, they put out this smell, and the skunks don't like it, and the skunks won't go past it. So do that. I was like, oh, that's great. It's a good idea. It's environmentally friendly. Uh, it's easy, and uh, it allows me to own, like I have a legitimate reason to go and buy like seven pounds of red pepper flakes. <laughs> I love the spicy food, you guys. So I'm like, I could probably do something with this afterward. I bet it would go great in cookies and things. Uh, so I went to this, I went to this Martin final, I came home and I went out and I 
put it all, and I'm, I'm sort of like, uh, it's like that parable of the guy who's like, you know, he's like, and I was sowing seeds here, and I was doing that there, and then this is the part of the Bible that says the gay people are bad. I, like, no, actually, no, that part's not in the Bible, sorry. So I'm going around, sowing all around the edge of the yard, and I get a really nice barrier, sort of like a, a, a it's, it's sort of a wall, you know, and I realize that I'm playing tower defense against skunks. Yeah. <laughs> spread it all out. I stand back and I survey my work. I'm very proud of myself. I go inside, put the red pepper flakes down, and uh, realize that I have to pee. So I, so I go. It's not a big deal, guys. Everybody pees. Look, I know they did the Everybody Poops book, which is great because, you know, you should, that's pooping's awesome. <laughs> the iPad has revolutionized pooping. I have gotten so good at Carcassonne. And I have two gigantic hemorrhoids. Um, but I went, I went, into the, went into the bathroom, and I uh, uh, put up the toilet seat, and I uh, began to take care of business, as one does. Finished my business, I flushed the toilet, and I walked out. And my brain goes, hey, your dick's on fire. What an odd thing for your brain to say to you. So I'm like, brain, I think you're confused. There is no smoke. And my brain goes, wait for it. Oh fuck, my dick's on fire! So I run into the bedroom where my wife is hoping to not be bothered by me. It's kind of her default condition. Anne, 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 my dick's on fire! <laughs> Living with me has done this to my wife. She looks up and she goes, Oh? I realized that the reason my dick is on fire is that I did not wash my hands after I put the red pepper flakes everywhere. So I enter that phase of fiery dick panic <laughs> where, uh, I, where this, is like, this is the only way anything is going to get done. No thinking is going to happen if I stay in the same place and I got I to go and I have to do something to, to take care of this. I have to put the fire out. What do I do? What do I do? Oh, right, right, wait. I remembered somewhere, because I love spicy foods. I'd, I had eaten in this uh, uh, Indian restaurant. Oh, right, right, I remember. Okay, I had the jalapenos, right, that are like stuffed with a little bit of cheese and they're amazing. They come out angry, by the way. Every time you eat a jalapeno, when you shit, it cosplays as Wolverine. <laughs> I remember at the Indian restaurant, I was like, I'm going to have the spiciest thing in the world. And they were like, ha ha, you're adorable. Here you go. And I eat the spiciest thing in the world, and my mouth is on fire, right? And the guy's like, here, have some, have some milk. That'll help the, the thing. And I was like, milk, milk, I got it. I run to the kitchen, <laughs> grab, the, grab the milk, 
I go to the, the counter, I get the glass, I fill up the glass with the milk, and now I'm standing in my kitchen with my dick in a glass of milk. Maybe if I... Right. There's nothing sexy about this. It's the least erotic thing you will ever see in your life. I imagine that this will be gifed out of context. It, it does nothing to quench the burning that has now spread to my balls on account of uh, transference and contact and whatnot. So now I have my dick and balls are on fire, and I have this cup of spicy dick milk. This is a true story. It's in a glass that has a happy face on it. I don't know what I'm gonna, like, and what am I gonna do with this? Like, I can't just pour it down the sink, that's wasteful. Well, maybe. I did not drink the spicy dick milk. I ended up putting the spicy dick milk in the, in the sink. Because I wasn't in my right mind. See, if I didn't still have fiery dick and balls, I would have thought, this is like the greatest practical joke in the history of life. It is like, it's ready to go. Like, it has set me up. I can make lemonade out of these fiery dick lemons. Like, it would be amazing. Um, so that doesn't work. So I return to my original plan, which was running around the house like this. I get a paper towel and I put it in, like, it, the ice in the water. And I'm doing this, which is weird. Like, you know, as a 13-year-old boy, I tried to put all kinds of weird things on my wiener just to see what they would do, because that's what you do at that age. Strangely, uh, a frozen paper towel was not one of them. This is a true story. Eventually, it just settles down. Like, it just, like, calms down after what feels like an eternity. I go into the bedroom, and I have learned. My wife and I have been together for 18 years. This year, we will have been married for 14 years. We're very, very close. Thanks. We have that, we have that amazing relationship where we don't have to say things to each other, you know? Like, like there's just there's body language, and there's, like, just this sort of connection just from being around the same person for so very long. And what was getting, what was coming off of my wife was, do not fucking bring your fiery dick anywhere near me. I will kill you. And I can't say that I blamed her. So I took my fiery dick out to the couch. And we slept it off. The sod looked amazing in the morning, by the way. The skunks did not come back. And all I had to do was stand in the kitchen with my dick and a cup of milk to make it happen. So really, the moral of the story, everybody, is when you put down sod, 
Just go put your dick in a cup of milk and stand in the kitchen. And pour a little bit out for the prophet Elijah and you're good to go. I, uh, thanks. Um, the thing is my wife and my son are in the audience tonight. They're sitting next to each other. I don't know who is more mortified by this story. I have a secret admirer, um, which is, like, it's kind of cool, but also a little creepy. Um, I don't know who my secret admirer is. Uh, just what happened was these packages just started arriving at my house. I would, get these, uh, I would get these shipments, like, from Amazon, and they were things that were not on my wish list. They were things that I wanted, but that I, like, but, but uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, and I, they were expensive advice. There were things that would, like, I would, like, hear a song by, like, so I'd be like, oh, man, I haven't listened to U2 in a while. The next day, the, like, U2 catalog shows up with, like, everything, right? The super extended editions. I sure do like Borderlands 2. A couple of days later, here's the, like, amazing Borderlands 2 thing with an actual working claptrap that runs through the house and it gives you high fives. Like, it's very expensive. It's very amazing. Things started showing up from Woot. If there was a Woot off... I would end up with like 40 things from, from the woot off just because, you know, my secret admirer thought I needed to have them. It was great. Just presents arriving all the time. It got creepy when the horsehead mask arrived at the house. <laughs> this is when my wife realized that my secret admirer is drunk me. It makes a lot of sense if you think about it. But she was like, look, this relationship, there's no room for drunk you. We can't do this. And I was like, how about a threesome with drunk me? And she was like, you know what? I've tried to have a one-on-one -on -one with drunk you, and it's not pleasant. So that's not going to happen. You need to break up with drunk you. So I told drunk me, look, man, it's gotta, I appreciate this, but it's got to be over. He did not take it well. He was like, but I've given you all these amazing presents. And I was like, I know, dude, I know, I get it. But it's just, we got to break up. We can't do this anymore. And he was so sad. He sent me a Taylor Swift mixtape. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. So I thought that maybe, like, we could, maybe if we just sort of, like, keep it kind of chill and sort of, like, keep it on the down low, it'll be all right. I won't tell Ann about it. Honey, pretend you didn't hear this. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe until like the PS4 comes out, I'm just gonna like keep him around, you know? If Ann's out of town, I might let him come over and jerk me off. <laughs> just to keep the relationship alive, I think that's important. Take him out for jalapenos. <laughs> Buy him a gallon of milk. Amazon delivers milk. I've read the reviews. Um, my, uh, my little sister recently gave birth to my nephew. And uh, he, is, uh, he is adorable. And he is amazing. And I love everything about him. Our kids are grown and they're out of the house, which is great. 
um, because they're great kids and I love them, but I'm really proud of them. I'm really proud of us as parents that we were able to create a world for them where they could like, you know, they could move out and they could be successful and everything. I, the best, biggest raise I ever got in my life was the raise I got on the day my kids moved out of the house because I only have to cook for two people in the house now. I don't have to, like, I don't have to hear this. When's the dinner I'm going to complain about going to be ready? God! So it's just Anne and me, right? And since the kids have moved out, um, I, I have really, I have discovered a fondness for, oh, this is going to sound bad. I'm not going to say it. I was going to say I've discovered a fondness for other people's children, but that's not, that is not the way. No, that's not the way it should be said at all. I could put spicy dick milk in their bottles, I guess, but... But, no, listen, you guys, children should not drink spicy dick milk. I want to be really clear about that, okay? There's no ambiguity, all right? So that should, that's the, not the way that it should go. Uh, so I was really excited when I found out that, uh, that I was going to have a nephew. So we went up to Portland, where my sister lives, to, uh, to visit him. Is anybody here from Portland? I love your city the most, man. My wife and I love cops. And uh, there, was a, there, was a, there was a thing on Cops recently where they were in Portland, and they were going for like a, uh, 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 the, the thing was, there was a naked guy riding a bike while protesting downtown. And the police went down there to see him, and it was categorized as a suspicious person. If you have ever been to Portland, the Venn diagram of Portland is naked guy protesting on a bike. The center of that is downtown Portland. They let the guy go, which completely breaks that perfect string I've had of calling out the guilty people by nailing the people who don't have shirts on on cops. They are always the guilty ones. If they do not have a shirt on or are missing their teeth, they are definitely guilty or at least going to jail. Um, listen, that's a great bar trick. You can use it to win drinks from people, and maybe you'll end up with a secret admirer. You're welcome. So my wife and I went up to uh, Portland to visit, uh, to visit my, my sister and her, and her husband, and I, I love him. He's amazing. He's a wonderful man. He's a great brother-in-law. Uh, he and my sister in a tr truly terrific marriage. We got to the door, and I'm all excited. We're getting up there. We're getting closer. I'm like, I'm going to meet him for the first time. I'm so excited. The door opens up, and there's my little sister. I mean, she's not little. She's, you know, in her mid-30s, but is, she will always be my baby sister in my brain, right? And she's there, and she's got her, her little adorable, beautiful little baby, you know, like on her hip right here. And her, my brother-in-law is standing behind her, and he looks so proud. And, and the three of them, they're like a perfect image of a family. And something breaks in my brain, and I look at the baby, and I look at my sister, and I look at my brother-in-law, and I go... Dude, did you fuck my sister? You fucking fucked my sister! Don't you dare try to tell me you didn't fuck my sister! She's holding the baby! My wife admitted one of her many patient noises. We all went inside and everything was, was okay. I settled down. I realized that now that my, my brother-in-law is uh, a father with a baby, he's never having sex again. <laughs> Soul-crushing responsibility is going to be a much better big brother than I ever could hope to be for them. So uh, we went into the house, sat down with them, and my sister said, we have... Uh, my, husband, uh, my husband and I, we've talked a lot about, uh, about who is going to be Shane's uh, who, uh, godparents, 
and we would, uh, we would love it if, uh, if you would be his godfather. And I was unprepared for how emotional that made me feel um, because they take the responsibility very seriously. And she said, it's not in the religious sense. We're not a religious family. It's more like if anything ever happens to us, we really want to make sure that he is going to be raised by someone that's going to pass on good values to him. And uh, we're not geeks at all. And we want to make sure that he gets some of that. <laughs> Would you be his, his godfather? And I was like, yeah, of course I'll be his godfather. I put a horse's head in their bed the next morning <laughs> so they would know that I took the responsibility seriously. <laughs> and I, uh, I said, you know, little, little baby, I'm going to teach you how to be a geek. And what's really interesting is that my brother-in-law is not just not a geek, he's a football guy. And it, right? <laughs> it gets worse. He is a Dallas Cowboys fan. I know. So I went, uh, I went home, and for my little nephew, I, uh, I, I went to uh, thinkgeek.com, and I bought him everything. And I had it shipped to their house. My sister called me up. What is all this bullshit? Okay, first of all, you're welcome. This is how he's going to learn to be a nerd. How is, how is he going to learn to be a nerd with these things? What am I supposed to do with a solar radiometer? I don't know, Amy. Put it in the sun. God. She was upset that her baby had a sword. Okay, first of all, Amy, it's not a sword. It's Sting from the Lord of the Rings. It will glow blue if orcs ever come near your baby. You're welcome. I don't know what you're supposed to do with all the other swords. Put them above the crib to inspire him. What has happened is uh, uh, he is like, my nephew is like Anakin Skywalker before George Lucas fucked the whole thing up. <laughs> and I am Obi-Wan Kenobi. And my brother-in-law is a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> and we're just fighting for his immortal soul, right? So like... Uh, Drew's gonna we'll like we'll buy uh, buy him a uh, uh, a football, right? Like little baby's first football. So I bought him baby's first giant foam polyhedral gaming dice. And then his dad bought him uh, uh, a football helmet, little baby football helmet. So I got him a little baby X-wing pilot helmet. Then his, uh, his dad bought him a really cute little baby-sized uh, Dallas Cowboys football jersey, you know, with his little name across the back. I got him a fucking Wesley Crusher sweater. <laughs> Checkmate, Andrew! 
I am, uh, I am really concerned about the world that my godson is going to grow up in. Um, I mean, it, like, you know, there's all the things that we worry about, right? Like, as parents and as responsible adults, we, we worry about, like, giving uh, our kids and the, the generation that follows us, like, you know, water that they can drink and uh, a atmosphere that will protect them and jobs and, like, you know, we want to make a good, good world for, for them to live in. I'm just trying to get him through, like, the first 12 or 13 years of his life because he is growing up in an era where kids are obsessed with the dumbest shit in the history of mankind. And I say this as a member of the Genera hypercolor t-shirt generation, okay? You know, kids have always been judgy and shitty. It's part of being kids, but the whole swag thing that they're so worried about and the YOLO and the Coney 2012. I'm, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know how he is going to navigate through this world. And I see these older kids these days that are, that are uh, you know, like 13, 14 years old, and they're so worried about that whole concept of swag. The Bieber has a swag coach. How about having a not being a fucking moron in the public coach, Bieber? I do have a lot of sympathy for that poor kid. Like, he's not a kid, he's an industry, and he's never gonna have a normal life, and that's really super sad, and I have a lot of empathy for him, and I just hope that when he crashes his Ferrari, nobody dies. Um, it's not a joke, it's just a sentiment. Uh, so, um, uh, I, um, I'm getting ready to come down to Comic-Con, right? It's our nerd prom, it's geek summer camp. It's like, this is great. Like, this is what we look forward to every year. We're we're going to come down and we're going to be around people who love the same things that we love, the way that we love them. And it's great, right? Like, we're all part of, like, a tribe. It's like a tribal gathering. And we all need to let everybody know kind of, like, which particular part of the tribe we fit into. Like, we're steampunkers or we're Firefly fans or we're, you know, we love DC comics. We love Marvel comics. We love Star Trek. We love the old Star Trek. We love Next Generation because it's the best Star Trek ever will have been. Like... <laughs> And the way that we do that is like, we, we, you know, we, we, we wave these flags, right? And our banners are like our t-shirts. So like, I fucking love Iron Man and the Avengers. Like long before the, the movies came out, I'm crazy about them, I love them. And Matt Fraction's writing on Iron Man is some of the best comic superhero writing ever. Uh, just the journey that Tony Stark has gone through. And by the way, if you like Fraction and you're not reading Hawkeye, uh, you should leave the theater right now and go start. It's so great. Um, so, uh, I really wanted an Iron Man t-shirt to bring down to Comic-Con, and I realized buying a t-shirt to come to Comic-Con is kind of dumb, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, taking cocaine to the Playboy Mansion, um, but, but I, I, I just, there was this one that I wanted, because I would seen it at Target, right, um, and, and I knew, I was like, alright, I'm just gonna go get that one particular shirt, you know, with like Iron Man and the Thor, and really awesome. So I go to, to the Target to get it, and as I'm walking into uh, to that department uh, to get to, like, the men's clothes, I go through, like, you know, the, the kids' clothes, and there's this 14-year-old kid there, and he's at that age where, like, I remember that age. It's hard. Like, your body hates you. 
You're right. It's just like, I'm going to make you feel terrible about everything, and you're going to smell weird, and you're going to have a boner all the time and not know why. Oh, and by the way, you're going to be the worst skin you will ever have in your life, so no one will want to talk to you at the time in your life where you want to talk to people more than anything in the world. And what the hell is going on with girls? I don't know. There's another boner. Like, your, your body is just awful to you. It is horrible. And everyone around you is horrible. Children are monsters at that time. And it's not their fault. It's because their body is just like, I'm, I'm kind of turning into the Hulk, but I'm also turning into Frankenweenie at the same time. And I don't know what any of this means. Ah, boner! So, so I see this kid, 14-year-old kid, and he's doing this thing where, the thing where like, trying really hard to reason with your parents because you think I can talk to them at their level now. Like, I've grown up a little bit, right? And like, I can do this. And he's like, but... And he's trying not to cry, and his mom's just telling him, you can't get... He wants this t-shirt that's like, Hello Kitty wearing like a gold Run DMC style chain with, and, uh, with like uh, 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 hair, like a big afro like the guy on the IT crowd, and, uh, big, and, and, then, and then big thick nerd glasses. Uh, and it says like swag, and then down the side something in Japanese. It was like someone went, hey, what are all those things the young people like today? Put them all on a t-shirt. All of them? Yeah, all of them. Put them all on there and say it's swag. And the kid really wants this, and his mom's like, honey, you can't get that. What's unsaid is because it's fucking stupid is why you can't get it. And the kid's like, and the kid goes, mom, I gotta keep up my swag at school. My heart just broke for this poor kid. Like, I remember, right? I remember, like, I loved Michael Jackson when I was a kid, which is unfortunate because he could have loved me back if we'd only met. And... And, like, I thought Thriller was the coolest record ever. And I had a Michael Jackson Thriller t-shirt, and the kids were so mean to me about it. Um, and, and, like, and there was, and Michael Jackson was the most popular thing in the world back then, right? If this kid goes to school in this awful, stupid thing, everyone's going to laugh at him, right? And, like, like, Carrie's mom would be right, okay? That day at school ends in pig's blood. And everybody dying, it's not a good thing for anyone. So... The mom is like, doesn't know what to do, and the kid's like, really at his wit's end, and I'm like, you know what, I got this. And I walk up to the kid, and I go, hey, dude, come here. It's just a t-shirt, man. You can't put a lot of your value and a lot of your self-worth into, like, what t-shirt you're going to wear. Like, I get it, man. T-shirts are cool. I think they're great. I'm here for one. But you can't let what other people are going to think about you be dependent on the t-shirt that you wear. You can't put so much of your self-worth into the hands of other people who don't even know who you are and don't care, and they're just as confused about being cool as you are, man. And this is when I noticed that the Iron Man shirt that I've come to get <laughs> is about to be taken off the rack by some fucking mom who's buying it for her kid, who doesn't even give a shit about Iron Man, doesn't even know who the Avengers are, didn't even know that Thor existed before the movie, which, by the way, sucked. So, except when they were in Asgard, then it was great. And I see him and I'm like, and you know, the thing is, you had a, believe in yourself, and I knock him down, and I run over the thing, and I grab the t-shirt, I punch the mom in the face, and I grab the t-shirt, because fucking YOLO, you guys! YOLO! Thank you.
Thanks for letting me tell you jokes. Thanks for coming to Woodstock. I think there's going to be an intermission. Is that right? There's going to be an intermission. So go uh, intermiss. And we will be back with the second half of Woodstock in just a little bit. Thanks. Like, goodbye. This is John Scalzi. You are listening to Alpha Geek Radio.